Hello, it is uh, Ed and Moon with you, myself, Ed Cavalier, Lawrence Moonman Mooney in the corner. It's very nice to be here, Ed, uh, and I've got to say I'm very excited because I feel like a guest on today's show. Uh, that is, well, you are partly because we're all guests on this mortal coil. We're only here for a short time. That's right. It's Let's one, remember that. We get one trip around the sun. What does that mean? One we, year, one year to live? No, no. It takes one year. We're only on this rock once. Oh, right. It's our trip around the sun. Yep. Might go for one year, might go for 70. I realised that the other day. I realised I was going to die the other day, and it was um, a little bit hard to come to terms with. Someone who will never die is our man in the middle, Jay Mueller. Good morning to you. Immortal. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying that- You're very kind. You are. And on that cheery note, it's time to bring in our guest. <laughs> you will know him as the man- Stealing the checks of popular Australian actor Tony Martin. <laughs> Reverend pop- Bob's money is going into this guy's Coffers. offshore account. The popular New Zealand comedian Tony Martin. Good morning. Thanks. Closer to death than anyone else here. I think. Is that you the oldest person here? Am I, Lawrence? I'll take fifty. Fifty-one. Uh, Thirty-six. Forty-three. Right. Okay. And it's a good range. It's a great range. But you know what? Of the ages, he's an age irrelevant because the most paternal of us all is the good doctor. Yes, it is actually. He's like he's like the calming presence, the father, the as we run Dan. around like idiots. I, I reckon I'm probably, <laughs> in terms of maturation mm. and mental stability, the youngest person. No, here. don't say that, Moon, because that's what people <laughs> think of you. We're here to change that perception. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so but know, that's also part of my brand. Is that what you call it? Well, now? I think you see. I see, Tony. We're trying to rebrand Moon. Oh, right? as what? As not, as reliable. Yeah, as reliable. But I am reliable. <laughs> I, I turn up. <laughs> I turn up, and I'm a good bet. We have the un, <laughs> the unreliable uh, rumors. Where have they started? Who's well, putting that back? Probably. Do you know where they? Uh, they persist because they started in commercial radio 10 years ago when I was doing breakfast. When you were genuinely unreliable. unreliable because my life was spiralling out of control. And you could tell I was unreliable because I dyed my hair blonde. Right. And it was like... I do remember if, that. If not you look like m Yeah. It was, <laughs> <laughs> I was impetuous uh, and, you know, volatile. Right. Anything could happen. What's he going to do next? And so mm. I think that that has persisted for a long time in the minds of people that hire... Radio folk. <laughs> it's not only that though, Moon. People love. See, people would be genuinely disappointed about you if you were to be. If Moon calmed all the way down, that would be a genuine disappointment. Yeah, because so I'm, I'm vexed. Because you, you're yeah, you saying vexed. Calm down. Don't calm down. I don't know. It's, it, a, a, it's a mixed message. It is a mixed message. What was the lowest point during that Excellent. period? Like two slash highest point. <laughs> it was two thousand and four. Yeah. My wife and child had left the city to move to the country. Mm. I uh, had blonde hair. My car broke down. I had a cold. Mm. I was in the middle of a comedy festival. Mm. I'd come off 40 days of not drinking, and I went on a bender. Did you? And some things happened Mm. that some people might say, that's reprehensible Can behavior. we uh, Google these things? No. <laughs> I actually, you can Google one of them because one of them was written up by the most excellent showbiz reporter in the world, Luke Dennehy. Oh, Denny's. Um, Denny's got gotcha. you. It's yeah. time to settle some scores. <laughs> <laughs> what did well, Dennis uh, get remember, you for? What was the, the showbiz for, column in the Herald Sun? Uh, it's in a the classified? Melbourne paper. Confidential. 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 I think it's, right. that's in the Sydney and the Brisbane paper. Because right. I live in Brisbane. Can I tell you something about Brisbane Confidential? Well... It's fairly disappointing. Oh, no. Yeah. Do you know what? For Australia's instance, there's quite a lot bereft of, of scandal, isn't it? Well, there's Both, often a lot really. of livestock in our one up yeah. north, and yeah. not in the way you'd hope. Ugly Dave Gray, does he ever... <laughs> 
put in an appearance. You know, if you put Warney aside, <laughs> Australians aren't really renowned for scandal. We don't Robert Downey Jr. at all, no. Lindsay Lohan. Well, that's why we have you. Uh, you know, we but, have yeah. uh, Greg Fleet, but he's but not he's... quite high profile enough for the confidential. <laughs> and all the good but stuff. But he's also quite bohemian. It's yeah. like, yes, I happen to have done a lot of heroin. Yes. Now look at my book. <laughs> oh, you're right. He comes out with books. <laughs> yes. And, and yeah, a body yeah, of work. Yeah. He doesn't drive his SUV you're in the right. front of somebody's house and yeah. then just go, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm so on drugs. I've got to go to rehab. <laughs> we don't have rehab. The... Let's get back. We, no, we don't have rehab. We call it a trip to Asia. It's called, no, it's called a trip or a trip to LA. Yeah. That's the other one too. Right. Yeah. Do the wrong thing. First plane to Los Angeles. That'll sort you out. But we, let's go back. The moment the... Dennehy, what was this? What did Dennehy get what you did for? He say? Right. And remember that a, a confidential was... Um, there was always three riders, so you mm-hmm. couldn't pin it on anyone. Right. Yeah, uh, the, the paragraph read... Uh, One of the members of this city's lowest-rating breakfast shows was seen in the early hours of Sunday morning at Revolver, Mm. asleep on various couches Mm -hmm. and once on the floor (laughs) when maybe he should have been home in bed. And I got to work that day and I finished the shift and Mm. as I walked past the GM's office, he said, "Uh, Lawrence, can I have a word? Of course. And uh, he goes, is that you? What did you say? I said... Yeah. I'm doing as much as I can to get this show in the papers, Steve. Yes. I'm a company man. That's A-list gear. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. But ro- rolling around on some couches, that's just the done thing at Revolver. Yeah. It was yes. a, it's a little bit snippy, the yeah. whole thing. It's like, mm. A bit snippy. Now, who do you yeah. think dobbed you in? Well, I think he might have been there. Oh, oh. I think I might have slumped to sleep across his lap at one stage. Oh, <laughs> see, there's a problem. There's a problem. I was just, I was just at Revolver flying the flag. Yes, you were waving the flag. <laughs> it, was, it was Andrew O'Keefe. He was that was outside Revolver. No, that was outside One Six One. and that was one of my favorite. Just around the corner. Let's remember something about Andrew O'Keefe. Who I went when I went to uni- First day I got to university. Great in, guy, in, by in the Sydney. way. I'm getting to that. He's a great guy. First day I got to university in Sydney. I thought I'm going to go see what's on at the bar. And they said, theatre sports is on. I said, oh, great. I might like some of that. I get there and it's Adam Spencer, Andrew O'Keefe and Rob Carlton playing together in a theatre sports team called Lick Me, I Know You're Dirty. Right. (laughs) And it was still one of the funniest out. Those three, unbelievable up there. And then Beef would go and he would do stage shows in Sydney and everyone, his nickname was Beef O'Keefe. And everyone would go, geez, Beef's so funny. When's he going to get a break? When's he going to get a break? Now, who remembers what his break was? It was, I can uh, remember it was a sketch comedy show on yes. Channel 7 called, called Big, Big Bite. Bite. And he was hired to play Eddie Maguire. That's right. In parodies right. of Who Wants to so, Be a Millionaire. So he parodied a quiz show host and then made a fortune as a quiz show host. That yes. is that a, a common, th- you know, that's something in show business you, you try and avoid, which is oh. becoming what, what you're imitating. Because oh. like you had Michael Veach, who used yes. to play the Sunday arts uh, host yeah. on Fast Forward and then became the host of Sunday Art. And Arts. Steve Bizar that used to play a gay flight attendant. Well, he's working for Qantas well, now. Well, no, really? in fact, <laughs> in fact, Steve Vizer became famous originally in the late 70s, early 80s for doing an impression of Don Lane. That was what his big thing was. Why? And then he, he became a talk show. talk show host. And I, I obviously uh, uh, sometimes uh, uh, get around in a stripy red uh, and white uh, shirt uh, uh, and do. a woolen hat just, and say, can you see me now? Just taunting well, people. Uh, and Hiding Near wizards. 
that's the interesting thing about a, a media persona, isn't it? Because yeah. you develop this persona. And and I think mm. the Sam Newman we see on the footy show isn't the Sam Newman you might meet can behind now, closed doors. Or, can I say something, Moon? All your references are intensely Melbourne. I need you now to do an equivalent reference for both for the NRL footy show for our Sydney and, okay. Bris- and like Queensland that, and listeners. All right. Uh, first of all, let's start with Revolver. I was at Stonewall. There you go. Uh, give us one in Brisbane. Okay. I'll give it to you. The old Cafe Neon. People right. will know what I mean. Okay. And uh, <laughs> in terms of um, footy shows, we're talking yes. Fatty Vorton, but No, no, no. The, no the, don't you who, dare call who, Sam Newman fat, No, man. no, no. Uh, who, is, who is the the agent provocateur on the NRL footy show? Uh, Sturlo? No. Oh, look at this guy. No, I only know Out of nowhere. I only know who Sturlo is. Matty Johns? Because he used to, Johns, he, okay. used to dre- he once appeared on the uh, show dressed as a Smurf. They had <laughs> they had painted Sturlo <laughs> completely blue. And he was just sitting there looking really unhappy. It was yes. just it's all there is when it should be going. I can't go any lower than this. Well done. Now we're all where nati- are I we're all nationaled up. Yeah, yeah. let's uh, cross borders. It's it's a weird country we live in mm. that it's so uh, united. Mm. And I was talking to somebody about Snoop Dogg being caught with four hundred twenty-two thousand dollars in a yeah. briefcase going to That's Italy. Fair enough. And he said uh, he spent a lot of time in the states, and a lot of people carry a lot of cash mm. because they've got fifty-two states, and we've got four major banks, mm. and they've got hundreds. Mm. Right. And you go to some states, and they won't cash your check from Nebraska because they don't oh, want to know right. about your North Dakota bullshit or yeah. your South Carolina right. drachmas. So it's so sensible to carry a suitcase You carry money. cash. <laughs> it's sensible right. to carry And sometimes, a... yeah, so there's cash yeah. and guns, and it's a good system yeah, no, it's that the... seems to be working <laughs> really well. I heard, <laughs> Enormous <laughs> quantity of marijuana? What was that about? <laughs> oh, yeah, and the, and the, yes, exactly. Because the North Dakota marijuana, some people won't accept it. But I had a, there's a, I heard a podcast about the, the situation in Greece the other day, mm. and they had a bloke on, and he had 50,000 euros, his, mm. his life savings, mm. and he was going to hide it because he didn't trust the banks. Let's go around the room. It was in his house. Let's have a guess as to where he hid it. So thieves get confused, as he said. So Big J... Suck drawer. He's no way. A lot of people go for the freezer, but it's too common. So I would go uh, underneath loose floorboard. He said that they would, they, he, he addressed that and he said, people, uh, they see the floor is uh, warped. Yes. Uh, in a plastic DVD case for a copy of uh, Wog Boy 2 Kings of Mykonos. Yeah, that's where I keep my cash. No How way. did you know? No it's popular. <laughs> Too many people looking at that one. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> what if the thieves decide to sit down and watch it while is they're he, there? Is he hiding it in plain sight? No. Is he hiding it in a thing marked money here? <laughs> money <laughs> here. Where's that accent? It's uh, <laughs> that guy. That guy's come from the Middle East uh, to Athens and he's searching yeah. for money. He's been <laughs> around that place. So, Mr. Barack Obama, you know who he is. This is a warning. So <laughs> you were closest, Moon. It's in the fridge. Buddy, what he'd done is he'd taken the back of the fridge off, oh, which I thought right. was a really bad idea. Right, yeah. And, he'd put, a, and yes. then he'd put it back in, but then just to make sure, he'd used what he called special bolts. That you needed a special sort of Allen key for, right? And that's where it was going. And so then the the, the I love accents. They I the just have so much fun with accents. And so the reporter said to him, "What about when you get paid next month? What are you going to do with that money?" Pause. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to need buy a, another fridge. I was going to say he's going to need to get a job at the good guys. <laughs> 
He should put his fridge on the wobbly part of his floor so they move the fridge, wobbly floor. Ah, oh, no money and here. In there, attack dog. Mm. All right, I need to. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, realised I need to point out that I have not stolen any of Reverend Bob's money. Oh, uh, sorry, we so, should. That was say something that. I was accused of by Actors Equity in the mid 90s of cashing <laughs> checks for the other Tony Martin. Let's get to the point because that's in one of your great books. Yeah, oh, yes. Lolly Scramble. Uh, that's in Scarcely Relevant. Oh, that's in Scarcely Relevant. Only available at uh, TonyMartinThings.com. Ah. Mm. What's your latest book? Well, that was it. Yeah, that was it. it. It's gone. He's it's, gone online. It's, it's E only, E book only form. Mm, right. I like that. No, there was mm. one with a bird on the front. That was uh, the nest, nest of occasionals. That's, nest a, occasionals. that's yes. a good one. I reread that recently. That's yeah. a belter. You like, should make that into like a. I know I'm sounding like Lockie Human. I apologise for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's man. There's te- there's telly in them. Their hills, man. Lockie hilarious Hume, stories. Lockie Hume tried for years to try and make a, a TV series of Lolly Scramble, Funny ideas. and he kept calling me up, and he'd go, "Mate, we got to have a drink." I'm going to be bringing someone, and it would always be someone who looked like me 20 years ago, who he wanted to cast as the younger and version. Who did he, who did he one, go? It, one was Lewis that Hobber. Blo- yes, Lewis yeah, Hobber. Go with Lewis Hobber. And there's another bloke who works at uh, the Grand fast Denya? disappearing chick. <laughs> Grand Denya, just in glasses. <laughs> Dye his hair. No, it was we someone, surveyed a studio else. audience and came up with their top six responses to this. What item of clothing would you use as a duster? Didn't Grant Denyer go to Asia? Don't be like for that. A he while. took a trip. No, he as, as he a did go to Asia, and yeah. it was only for a, a lovely holiday. That's right. right. Yeah. I was a genuinely was going. Was, yeah, no, that's what I meant. It was a genuine holiday, friends. Look, that, the, the, already that bit has been cut out of this podcast. <laughs> Look at that. He's scrolling back. <laughs> Jay is good like that. We started. He's got po- his little alarm inside his head. It's like we're not saying. I am friends with the man that wrote Shantaram, Gregory Roberts. Uh, do you know that book? Hang on, that was the number one book for girls on beaches for a few years because yeah. Johnny Depp was about to make it into a yeah. movie. It's really thick. It really, was really, really quick synopsis for those okay. who don't know. Uh, he was called the Gentleman Bandit. He was a bank robber to feed his heroin addiction Ooh. and he fled this country and he lived in the slums of, Asia, uh, of, of uh, India and he created a kind of like a medical centre for slum dwellers that didn't have any access to medical wow. things. Where is he then now? he went, uh, don't know. Mm. Um, and can't say. Mm. And uh, he then also went to Afghanistan and ran uh, medicine and money and drugs for the Mujahideen during Whoa. the fight against the Russians. Um, he's been tortured by intensely brutal men and he was on a run from uh, India to Germany and Interpol picked him up. He came back to Australia and was imprisoned for the final part of his sentence. Then he worked in St Kilda in Melbourne at a cafe where I met him and he became my personal trainer for a while. Wow. And and can, uh, and can you picture him played by Johnny Depp or would that film have just been Johnny Depp in a twirly moustache yeah. <laughs> getting around like Austin Powers? Yeah. Just, you know, doing some crazy insouciant dancing. I am Shantara. Yeah. <laughs> It's Ed Moon, thanks to our sponsor, Madam Weewa's Naughty Curtain Room. It is Tony Martin on the Ed Moon Podcast. It is our Makers series, talking to people who make things. And Tony, child actors, you know, the Olsen twins, they 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 haven't, they don't remember Full House. I would bet you they don't remember Full House. Uh, mm. They looked weird, though. Isn't uh, Full House coming back? Full House is coming yeah, back. Yeah, on Netflix. Like, 
a uh, On Netflix. Yeah, what? it's um, it's a Full House reunion, oh, and no. the Olsen twins have said they won't do it. They refuse to do it. But then, how can it be a reunion? It's not very full. This house. Well, because they've got Stamos and uh, what's his name? Daniels. No, Jeff the Daniels. Stand-up comedian. Uh, Saget. Uh, Saget. Saget. Bob Saget. Yeah. So that's that's two. That's so far, it's two blokes in a house. That's yeah, which it was. Um, <laughs> was there a neighbour who else, who else yeah, was Uncle, who popped uh, in? Uncle Bob or Uncle? Wasn't the blonde guy? It's not that was Jeff Daniels, wasn't it? If I got that wrong, we did that. We did no, a, he looks like Jeff Daniels. Who is the blonde guy? The we blonde... did a short history of it on Dirty Laundry Live recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We apparently Anne Edmonds started it. Yes, that's right. Oh, I love the work you're doing with Anne. Uh, she is fabulous. Who doesn't love Anne Edmonds? We did a great Warney. Um, talking of short lived shows, how great. many episodes of Warney went to air? See, that's a good one. Oh, geez. That, that might have gone to six, maybe. Well, my, that's got your favourite interview in it, Tone. Remember with the guy from Coldplay? <laughs> what <laughs> happened? <laughs> what, were he, what did he say? Remember? Remember he goes, he gets, he gets the guy, Chris Martin. He goes, yeah, I hear from Chris Martin from Coldplay. Chris Martin, what's your favourite Coldplay song? Mine's The Scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Martin goes, ah, oh, Warnie. <laughs> You're thinking of the, the blind guy on Full House. Yeah. Was that uh, David Allen Coultier? Yeah, Coultier. What's Joey he played? Gladstone? Joey. played Joey. That's it. Joey. So he, looks like, he looks like Stamos. Daniels. Yeah, right. Coultier's never gone on to nothing, has he? No, but apparently Stamos has done an interview where he admits he wanted to fire the Olsen kids because they cried a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, we <laughs> don't so want to. <laughs> we don't want to be around actors anymore. It's the worst divas. We can't work with Sagan anymore. <laughs> he keeps telling the aristocrats joke. <laughs> We're five. <laughs> we don't like it. Now, Tone, while we've got you here, I know that you've wanted to ask Moon about a rumoured showbiz feud that he's in. Aren't you in a, some kind of feud with Russell Crowe? No, no. I'm trying to get Russell on the show. Oh, right. I'm trying to build a friendship. Has, right. Hashtag Rusty Moon. And uh, That's filthy. That's not going to get him on. No. If you look it up on Well, why don't you Urban try and Dictionary. get James Morrison on and go hashtag Rusty Trombone? <laughs> <laughs> See how that goes. Why don't we try and get the Boston Red Sox over here and be friends with them? Hashtag Boston Steamer. <laughs> right. Who has the surname ex- Sanchez? Do you, know who's- <laughs> Do you know who's an expert on all of that stuff? You. Marty Sheargold. Of, of course, course he, he is. is. He comes in and he goes, G'day, Moon, man. I'll tell you what, uh, do you know what a Boston Steamer is? Uh, no, Marty. And then he goes on to tell you, what about an Atlantic cable? Have you, you know what? Oh, man. Shrimper? Is he a shrimper? <laughs> okay. And the listeners have a list of things to Google. Yeah, that's the rest of the day taken did, care of. Did oh. you actually know what that meant from Urban Dictionary when you created that hashtag? No, I had an idea anything rusty might have some kind of fecal reference. Yeah. But he's, you know, Russell is, most Russells are rusty, and yeah. I'm Moon, so it's Rusty Moon. Yeah. And then I decided to work backwards and look it well, up, and it's not cool. Oh, the, no. first, <laughs> the, the first four words of the definition of Rusty Moon include the words A and infection, and in between that, horrendous anal. Okay, yeah. excellent. Put them all together. <laughs> well, that's going to get... Russell Crowe on a dirty laundry. Absolutely. Hashtag Rusty Moon. Hashtag Rusty Moon. Dirty laundry is right. You bet. (laughs) Well then. Tony, let's talk about your days in advertising. Yeah, right. Wow. How many ads did you have to write a week when you were doing advertising in New Zealand? Well, when I was on, I worked for two radio stations Mm -hmm. out of the same building. I had to write 120 30-second radio ads. But that sounds more impressive than it is because a lot of them were just... Thinking about, insert the product, there's never been a better time to 
do the service. And what was the type of things that was people were trying to push in New Zealand at the time? Oh, uh, see, it sounds like a cliche, but uh, sheep tip. <laughs> I was the man that behind the ads for Ivo Mech sheep, sheep dip. Like, could you get any more New Zealand cliche than that? Do you know what? The, now, how do they spell the Ivo Mech? Is it? Is oh, it... No, it was Ivo Mech. See, that is that oh, my accent? Ivo Mech. Uh, yeah, I V O M E C. Uh, and the, were they winning? Were they the market leader? They were, they were killing it in the sheep dip <laughs> department. Has your sheep mm. got some problems with its fleas <laughs> and mites and? Other things on its fleece. And would you do Ivomick. Would you Ivomick. <laughs> Ivomick. Get it get it on your sheep now. Go for the bill. Is your sheep got a rusty moon then? <laughs> have we got <laughs> It's five minutes to four and now here's what's that song by Dave Dobbin. From, yeah, Dave Dobbin. Here's Slice of Heaven. It's oh. our fifty minute it's our fifty minute Dave Dobbin marathon. Yeah. Footrot flats. It's a it's anyway, a great film. Anyway, Dave, uh, he's actually doing the shift after me, so we can. I, I met Rob uh, Rob Sitch or Rob Such as yeah, he's Rob known. Such, yes. He once told me he drove from I think from Wellington to <laughs> Auckland. He loves New Zealand. So he had to drive through Tai Happy, and he he uh, was listening just to New Zealand talkback radio, Fantastic. and he said he heard a guy doing a talkback on uh, right. We want to have people calling up about bottling fruit. <laughs> And then, and everybody called up. It was like, uh, I'm, I'm not happy with what the government are doing. And he's like, you do realise this is the bottling fruit. And the guy just got. By the time oh, Rob God. got to Auckland, the guy was furious. If people aren't going to talk about bottling fruit, then I'm going to call this off. Right. There's two hours left of the program. I, lo- like, I like I, the. I love the New Zealand version of RBT, wow. where the cop pulls him over and goes. What have you been doing? Mm. You seem fair, fairly drunk. Yes. And, you know, it's like the guy, got the famous one with the guy with the pie. Yeah, that's right. Goes, what are you doing with that pie? <laughs> you shouldn't be eating a hot pie while you're driving. That's fairly dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> the cops are so caring. And, and the, the, the actual perpetrators, as we discovered oh, in, on our old show, so are so good. polite. It's so polite. And you hear so the, on Police 10 7, mm. the, right, the voiceover would be, it'd be, uh, Constable Peter Rott is summoned to Otahuhu where there's rumours of a spilt drunk. <laughs> It'd be like, someone's, someone has a rumour to have knocked some chairs over at a beer garden. Oh, sorry, officer. Yeah, he pushed me. And I just sort of yeah, but you've it. got to make sure you pick up the chair, otherwise someone might slip and yeah, hurt yeah. themselves on the leg. Oh, that's fair enough, eh? Yeah. And on the, on the New Zealand version of RBT, they're obsessed with boy racers. You know, the people do up Japanese cars. They're obsessed with them. They've got a couple of boy racers that they've pulled over. All right, lads. Um, So obviously this car's been lowered to beyond the legal limit. Oh, yeah, sorry, officer. I didn't realise, eh? Do you know, one film set in um, New Zealand I really loved was The Fastest Indian with Anthony Hopkins. I hated that movie. Oh, I loved that movie so much. It was uh, the world's fastest Indian. Yeah, for Undian. <laughs> Made by uh, Roger Donaldson. Because they're, they're quite austere and um, um, Scottish down the, the, yeah, the, the bottom end of the South the, Island. The lower you get, the more yeah. Scottish it gets. That and is so weird. people. Isn't, is. that, isn't that weird that, that Scotland's so high up the other end? Oh, it couldn't the, be further away. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah, but, but the lower but down you go, the more Scottish you get. Leave your country to go to... Exactly the same conditions on the other side of the world. <laughs> right. Leave this cold, icy You're place. Right. Where are we going to look for? What do we, 
Yeah. Where are we going to move to? Yeah. Oh, another cold, icy place. Let's yeah. go to Invercargill. It's a paradise. Let's it's see freezing. what they can do with this accent <laughs> down there. Oh, there's it. There's the it. New Zealand Scottish accent. Wow. Well, that's probably it's where it came from when you think of what they do with you, Scottish. Oh, go on. Ush, ush. Now you're a linguist. Now I've started like this and now talk like this. No, that's South Africa. They, yeah, but I went vast South Africa because <laughs> I just wanted some warmth. And now I'm down the bottom of the South Island living in Invercargill. Hang on. Why is it everything we do <laughs> it's turns it's into it's an accent <laughs> roller coaster? This is, it's just. Where to next on our international tour? Oh, that is great. Why that that reminds me of a story. Just be that, people. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, a friend of my wife's, mm-hmm. uh, we were having dinner and they uh, they went to the kids' school play. Great. Uh, at primary school. And I uh, love this story so much. And the um, teacher got up beforehand, the drama teacher, and said, we decided rather than doing a, you know, a play that everyone's always done, yeah. that we'd do a play made up by the kids. Oh, right? no. And right. so the teacher had written the play and it was called Around the World and he said after the fifth offensive racial stereotype (laughs) (laughs) let's go to India okay Let's go to China. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. kids oh, pulling the fantastic. sides of their eyes away, wearing fantastic. triangle hats. Oh, so Do you sorry. want some rice? Me so sorry. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like oh, no, everyone no. had hands over their faces, loving, loving it. it, but yeah. saying, please, please stop before okay. we get to Africa. Because yep. <laughs> I don't want to see children blacked up. No. Oh my and did God. they? And how did it go? Did they do? No, all no they the... went to Africa, and there was some ooga booga. And... Wow. Okay, so I'm going to th- throw in. My here. God, around the world, bad I, idea. I, I heard one like this. Please. Uh, a friend of mine went to an amateur production of Hairspray, the musical. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I think in Frankston. Ouch. And of course, Ouch. if you haven't seen Hairspray for a while, it's about. It's about black versus white. Yes. It's racial issues. It's racial issues, yeah. <laughs> and so, the but the entire cast was white people. Beautiful. And some of them were just playing the black people, but without blacking up. Doing accents. Just do, no, just doing it in normal voices. Because <laughs> they've gone, that'll be less offensive. <laughs> well, you know, how about this for a bit of trivia? It's confusing. Meatloaf was in the original, one of the original stage productions in New York of, hair, of, uh, of Hairspray. Was he? Nuded up. Nuded up? Oh, you mean of hair, not no, hair. hair, hair, hair. Sorry, hair. what did I say? Hairspray. Hairspray. Hair. No, hair. no oh, wonder yeah. you don't. No, Divine no. had all her clothes on. Oh, mercifully. Hairspray. Ah. The 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 original Oof. production of uh, Hair. That's the one I'm in, in in Australia was kind of like the birth of Australian show business. It, it took this leap from very staid, um, right, you know, right, right, theatre right. productions, and Went we, frisky. you know, it's like. Our first black person on stage was Marsha Hines. She oh. was in the original. Right. Can I throw one in here? We did uh, university theatre. I want because Tone, you're an amateur dramatics yes. expert. Love it. Um, could you remember some of the um, the names of the plays, the um, sort of carry on style plays that you were on in New Zealand? Oh, uh, there was yeah. Because see, I had because I did a book and yes. I had to change the names of all the plays, but they were oh. pretty much because otherwise people would, right, right, right. would no, be in legal trouble. Yeah. But yeah, I think you know, one of the most fun nights of my life was thinking up fake names of plays. <laughs> okay. You screamed, my lord, I think yeah, was right. the one I because did, which you, was pretty much exactly what the original was. But you did a lot was. of spats and sort of, you played a lot of toffs. And, yeah, uh, pardon my spats. Yeah. You know, a lot of 1920s <laughs> oh, kind of lovely. cucumber but, sandwich. Now, who did you get typecast as normally in these plays? 
Oh, uh, I just I was just because I could do English accents, so I got. Right. I always remember auditioning for Hay Fever, Noel Coward's Hay Fever, right. and it was like in nineteen eighty. It was the end of nineteen eighty two when the craze in New Zealand was for. Uh, Brideshead Revisited. Remember oh, the TV series? Yeah. So incredibly it, blokey yeah. guys were yeah. suddenly getting Very around good. with lemon cardigans. <laughs> Carrying teddy bears. Do- Car- exactly. <laughs> and so everyone showed up at this audition dressed as Anthony Andrews. Right, from, right. Uh, except you. Except Sub- me. I was just in what's Sebastian. called a swine, a swan dry, which oh. is like a fisherman's jacket. Beautiful. But because I could do a, sli- a slightly posh English accent, I got into this play. So, yeah. I, But that was all you could. That was the thing about comedy in New Zealand because there was literally no comedy comedy, Fred Dagg had moved to, to Australia. <laughs> so that was it. So that was it. The industry had moved. Billy T. James was still in musical <laughs> numbers, but there was no comedy. So the, if you wanted to do comedy, the only way you could do it was to get into amateur theatre. Wow. And of course, the only funny plays done were- Were saucy, were like, were saucy numbers. It was like, uh, not now, darling. No. <laughs> no. So that, I was I was in the theatre. I know you I, I was in amateur theatre out in uh, the outer suburbs of Melbourne. And Uh-oh. of course, when you leave home and move in a city- it changes from amateur theatre and it becomes fringe theatre. Oh, yes, yes. And the first fringe theatre play I was in was The Legend of the Self-Sufficient Child by Louisa Valenzuela, an oppressed South American author. Mm. And I I wasn't going to Melbourne Uni, but I auditioned, up, auditioned, and I ended up being one of two men in a cast largely of women, and mm. it was directed by Beautiful. a woman. And they were great women, but uh, they had learned feminism and they were using it as a blunt instrument on us (laughs) and so i would just sit there and just be just kind of like battered be what you know you're a man but if you listen to enough of it yes they will sleep with you yeah Yeah. (laughs) what's the the critical mass (laughs) how much of the female eunuch do you need to be able to reference before they'll bed you my mum had actually uh Given me a copy of the female eunuch, so I had read that. Oh, yeah. so you're I in. was yeah. So I was able to not only take on the fact that I was a heinous man mm, responsible for the oppression of women, mm. but also um, say I mm. am a woman. Mm. And uh, well, no, you're not. no, I'm not. But, a, but I have you? a I have a penis, and uh, <laughs> here it is. And it's a bombshell, <laughs> and I'm prepared to use it. <laughs> Is an amateur theatre, I mean, university theatre. Fringe theatre, please. You see, uh, you talk about, pardon me, feminism. I remember I I didn't go to university, but I was in Auckland, and someone said, you can just go along and audition for university plays, because they never ask whether you're going to university. So I went along to an audition for Endgame, Samuel Beckett, which involves sitting in a rubbish bin for the audition. (laughs) And then I've got Hang up. On. Did they have a rubbish bin? <laughs> they did. They, they, had, <laughs> they had two rubbish bins. You got there. Yeah. And they've like gone. Oscar the Grouch in the bin. Get in the bin, son. Get in the bin. Let's see what you can do. So I've gotten up and I remember thinking, <laughs> I remember Get thinking, I'm, I'm getting away with this. No one's asked me if I'm going to the uni. Yeah. And I've walked over to the rehearsal hall and I've got, opened a door. Yeah. And as I've opened the door, everyone in the room has gone, no. And I've stepped through the door into an empty room and they've gone, that's the women's space. Oh, that's the women's space. And I'd gone into oh, the women's space yes. 
and and someone goes, that is a castrating offence. <laughs> but then you could go in. And then, but then I was, I had, I think I had one foot in the women's oh space, Lord. but it was so you only lost one ball. It was like wow. I was mono from that. Moment you were on. mono. But no, it was that was like okay. the worst thing you could do at uni, at Auckland University in 1983 it's was still, to it step was, into the women's space. It was still the wow. worst thing you could do when I was at university. But they had <laughs> so there was one. I can't believe it. There was one night where they were doing salad days, right? Oh, yes. Oh, is that the old... Oh, yeah. Not Happy Days. No, Salad uh, Days. It's an old fruity musical. We're looking for a piano, a piano. Boaters. Yes. Here's the line that got us all in. We're looking for a piano, the piano that makes us gay. Right? (laughs) And we're like, yeah, this is going to be great. (laughs) Who who wrote it? Is it a famous Alan Akeborn? No, check it out. A bit further back. Jail, jail. The P.D. Wodehouse. Stop stop naming... (laughs) I love Beckett. English people. (laughs) Well, Stop Beckett it. is uh, uh, Beckett is did Happy Days, which yeah. if you know is the play where the is the actress is buried in a mound of dirt oh. up to her waist for the entire play. Not a, a friend of mine, sadly not. That's oh Happy Days. <laughs> but no, the the uh, friend of mine said he saw an amateur production of Happy Days where a dog came came in and just started pestering this woman You're during the play. Me. She's trying to get the dog to go away while she's buried. Oh, that's up fantastic! To a in dirt. So Samuel French is that it? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. Samuel French is the publisher. The publishers or oh, oh, the right. license yeah. holders. Yeah, okay. I'm just looking at the first thing that's come up here. Stand by. Okay, okay, he'll be back. So anyway, so they're doing salad days. Right? In the women's space. No, no, no. There oh. was part of the... Um, uh, the, mm. the point of that was that the way you would get plays across the line is that you would... Because you would have to present in front of the Sydney University Dramatic Society your idea, and we would right. vote on it. The members would vote. And this was for the major, where you got $6,000 to put on a production. You pay the wow. theatre a thousand and a half, you pocket the rest, and you wear right. your own clothes, right? <laughs> yeah. That was the... No production. <laughs> that was the piece. And, and basically <laughs> extrapolate that out to 40 million dollars and you've got the film industry <laughs> That's exactly right. or open slather <laughs> so, or open slather i have to say just quickly uh, you know the phrase i'm no i'm not going to defame anyone good you know the phrase no, just got a big budget and i well literally fell off my seat yeah. you know that phrase yes. have you ever done that no. literally someone told me Only the budget for open slather and you and i fell i i <laughs> just fell off the edge of my seat <laughs> It's extraordinary. So, it's incredible. Salad days. Salad days is Julian Slade and Dorothy Reynolds. Well, they do a wonderful job. Anyway, mm. so they. So thank you, thank you, Jay. A couple of women that chose to live together uh, in the English countryside. So these, either way, my mates. Is it, if you could bring up a synopsis, that would help us out as well. I've got it right here. Oh, you go. Jane and Timothy Dawes meet in a park mm. soon mm. after their graduation to plan their lives. Oh, they right. agree to get married uh-huh. and do so in secret. Uh-huh. But Timothy's parents have urged him to ask his various influential uncles, uh-huh. a minister, oh, yeah, a foreign right. office official, oh, yeah. a general, oh, yeah. and a scientist, scientist to right. find him suitable employment. Right, right, right. He and Jane, however, decide that he must take the first job that he is offered. Yeah, right. A passing tramp offers them seven pound a week. Uh, to look after his mobile piano that's for a the month. One. There it is. And there upon accepting, <laughs> what? they discover that yeah, when the right. piano plays, it's... it gives everyone within earshot an irresistible desire to dance. That's it. Okay. So you can imagine how wonderful it is. That and sounds so... very Dr. Zeus. <laughs> it does. Okay. His ministerial uncle is the Minister of Pleasure and Pastime. Ah, right. ah, that sounds like a great job. Yeah, that sounds a like some, a minister from Bhutan. <laughs> so, 
what they decided to do is what you, but the way you would get your play across the line is that you would stand up and you would mm. say, I want to put on salad days and everyone go, oh yeah, pretend I knew what it was. Yeah. I want the six grand. And, um, yeah, the gender split is even, so it's all, <laughs> it's even men and women. And so people would put on Hamlet and I, they would put it on, there'd be three people playing Hamlet and two of them would be girls to even right. things out. Don't that was the, you just change one time a guy put on Reservoir Dogs. As a, as a play. Is that a play? Yeah, as a play. It was great. <laughs> and uh, great fight scenes, I have to say. They had a strobe light and everything. Mm. And he just made half of them women. Right. And no one cared. It was a great night. Anyway. So, Mrs. Brown. And yeah, yeah it was. Mrs. And Pink. that formula still works getting funding from uh, the... Australian Society. What is it? Australia. Oh, the, uh, the, the Screen Australia. No, the Arts. What is the Arts? Arts Council. I've no idea. Australia Council. Australia Council. That's see, it. This, you know what this is? The three of us, you get, see, get your act together. We've never been there cap in hand to try and get dope. We're we, we've never, we've never done never it. put in this a grand application. And there's something else. That my ex-partner, the mother of my eldest child, her sister is a visual artist. And she mm. showed me this book. Mm-hmm. Of philanthropists mm. worldwide that you can apply f- to a, okay. f- to okay. for a grant, right? Yep. So you send them your body of work yep. and a file, yep. and they send you a check. So a friend of mine at university got exactly that. She was a poet, and she got and she got to go to Mexico for two months. I mm. said, "What did you do?" She said, "I took acid." I said, "What happened?" And she held up a binder, and she said, "It's being published." Wow. Her thoughts and on Mexico. Anyway, getting back to salad days. <laughs> I should right. I should write down what I thought in two thousand and four. Well, a revolver. You've been giving it away for free. <laughs> yeah, for years. <laughs> Surely there's a tell-all memoir, Greg <laughs> yeah. Fleet style, yeah. in oh. your back pocket, Lawrence Mooney. Lawrence Mooney, unreliable. Yeah. It's called Rusty Moon. Oh, it the is rusty called Rusty Moon because yeah, it involves Crow. under me the rusty moon. My pants. <laughs> under the rusty moon. <laughs> under the rusty moon. Yeah. Okay. Rusty Moon, oh. Oh, you what saw is... me dancing alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the trombone, <laughs> right itself. So, but, but you've you've hit you've so we're hit on salad, salad days. So we're at yes. salad days. Yep, yep. We're, at a, we're at the opening night of salad days. I have to get this out because I'm sitting in the front row with Virginia Gay, who now is on uh, oh. All Saints Winners and Losers. Winners and Losers as well. Mm. She is one of the greats. If you can get get her on Dirty Laundry, mate, she is hilarious. She She's is fabulous. Such uh, a fun girl. She uh, comes along and sees my shows. She's, She's a, such a great supporter of the arts. She's a bloody champion. Anyway, yeah, I'm ripper. sitting in the front row with Ginny, and we're sitting there, and this is back in the days when I enjoyed a wine or two. And I'd had a, and I'd, I want to see you. That's a whole podcast, isn't it, Lawrence? <laughs> I want to see you. I want to see wine. I've never seen him drink no. anything. So it's not. It's, oh, what did you do? Uh, it, There's like, always a murder or something horrific that stops people dead. Murder. <laughs> There's no murder. <laughs> Who did people murder? Just, maybe it was just a desire to feel a little better. Thank you, Jay. It, it was right, maybe gee. that. Yeah, you're right. So <laughs> okay, that's, we're in the front row. Of, he front just, row. He winked at me. Front row of salad days, you pricks. Yep. Yes. And it's opening night, and me. We've had a few wines. I think we may have even had still had a cask in our hand, right? And we're at the Seymour Centre in in Sydney, and we're sitting in the front row, and we're having a whale of a time, and things are fucking up beautifully, right. just the way right. you want them to fuck up in student theatre. Mm-hmm. They are starting to happen. <laughs> they start off with the piano that makes us gay. And it was mobile, but the people who'd put the wheels on it made it too mobile. So every time (laughs) a bloke struck it, it would move forward a meter and smash into the ass of a dancer, right? Golden. That gets us laughing. 
Then there's a bit where... There's no coming back once you're giggling. I'm we're away. So then there's a bit where they all have to come out as journalists and they're like, there's a scoop. There's a magical piano. Like one of those. Stop the press. Exactly. Hey, hey. And so a mate of mine is at the front of the dancing crew and he's got a notepad and he's pretending to write a note. And I'm and me and Ginny are howling with laughter at the at this, at, at this. And, he, and he's writing and he's writing and he's got a texture and he's writing and he's writing and he flips it over and he's written perfectly so that the audience could read it. So he's written it upside down and backwards so that when he flipped it over, the audience could read in giant letters he'd written "fuck Ed," right? <laughs> And, and that's wa- not from the script of Celebrate. <laughs> no, and he's waving it so that I could see it, right? That makes us laugh even more. Yeah. Then there's a bit with a spaceship. Now, just mm. let's go Why around the room again. Remember, it's six grand. All of that has to go on drinks for the cast parties and T-shirts for us to wear home to our parents to say that we're doing something. Even gender split. Oh, even gender split, baby. Because that makes the, the routing. drink, the rooting yeah. essential. Yeah, exactly. That's a good pa- cast party. Everyone gets blind. <laughs> yeah. And, ca- and you've got to have it, but there was a subtle thing underneath that too. You have an even split of gay and straight. So if, if you were gay, you could get some as well, right? right. It was perfect. The whole <laughs> what, thing was What perfect. do you mean if you're gay? You're at the theatre and you're in your early 20s. No, no, no. Everyone's we're, experimenting. No, well, oh, well, anyway, so, well, okay, so. <laughs> that was just my way of telling you that I at the theatre. Yeah, right. <laughs> as, an, as an experiment. See, to me, that's the forward of Under the Rusty Moon. That's right. You open with that. You know how you open with some bombshell and yeah, then go back and explain how it happened? There we go. That's a great idea. So, Lawrence is telling you to cut that bit out. So. No, sorry. No, that's space. That's, that's gone. So we're sitting there and the, spa- <laughs> the spaceship that they tried oh, to make with foil. the- Thank is you. It foil? He's done it. Yeah. He's done it. What else would you make a spaceship out of? But they plasma foil on a broom that they were spinning oh, no. like it was a propeller <laughs> and standing up in the rafters. No. But spinning the foil and the foil starts falling off bit by bit and landing on aliens' oh, heads. No. Right. So this is making us howl with laughter even more. So much so that I think they see what happens. A bloke drops the propeller. Lands on some dancers, crash! Everyone stops dancing. Now the rest of the crowd starts laughing. But the coup de gras, the best, the, the the bit that was like, I'll never, I'll never recover from this. I'll never recover. For some reason, they're in a field with barn animals, and there was one bloke at uni that wanted to be like theatre guy, but he wanted to be backstage. So he wanted, he was teaching himself to be really good at making props. And he only had budget. They were like, mate, we don't care about the spaceship. We need booze. Don't worry about it. But he goes, just let me make the animals. Let me make animals. Please just make the animals, guys. Come on. And they go, all right, you can make. A, he goes, a cow. They go, all right, you can make a cow. He goes, two cows. He goes, all right, you can make two cows and a sheep. They go, no, you can't make a sheep. Two, it would look stupid. Two cows. All right. And they can move. All right, they can move. So he built these two cows and they're on wheels. And, and as they first got wheeled out, mm. Virginia and I looked at each other and we both went, oh. That's that was they were genuinely impressive on a stage where a man's holding a broom as a spaceship, yep. two movable cows, plausible, a, a genuinely good work. And yep. we shut up for a second. We're like, let's give this a try. These guys have gone to some effort. Excellent. No. Then we notice one of the cows over one side with a couple of milkmaids, one on each end, is being led around, and they're still singing and dancing. We look to the other side of stage, and one of the cows looks like it's got mad cow disease or something because it's going in a really weird fashion, like zigzagging around, bumping into people, clearly fucking up the blocking as people knock into it. I go, Virginia. I grab hold of her hand. I go, look at the back of the cow. And somehow one of the milkmaids has got her head (laughs) 
<laughs> stuck between the two pieces of wood. Oh, no. So in the audience, <laughs> it looks like she's got her head up to the neck, stuck in the cow's ass. <laughs> And and now that's the only thing going on on stage. And as it goes, so the girl at the back has freaked out because her head's uh-huh. up a cow's ass. Uh-huh. So she's pushing it forward, trying uh-huh. to yank it. And the other milkmaid is trying to stop her so that she could be helped by And she's trying to wave to other passing sailors uh-huh. and fops and very police. <laughs> Journalists, aliens. <laughs> the, scene. the general, the minister for happiness, the priest, and Tom McKinney. <laughs> He'd be in the park for sure. <laughs> Who else is in that park? <laughs> Rolf Harris. <laughs> finally, finally, the scene ends. Everyone else is off stage and they free her jaws of lifestyle. They prize open the cow's ass. <laughs> they prize open. And this girl puts her head up and goes, Woo! And then he's helped off stage. Oh. And that's all anyone remembers from Salad Days. So if anyone sees you Salad Days. Isn't that great? I mean, that's you know, theatre. There's, there's something about the theatre where, oh, you know, when, that can be so oh, funny. Because so there's good. this tension that you want it to go right. Of course. I, no, but I want when it to it, Yeah, but, when it, when it's, it, but if it's right, yeah. but awful, that's delicious. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we. I was in an amateur or, production audience watching a play it, it escapes me at the moment but it's about a female teacher has an affair mm, with another yeah, female finally. teacher that girls see oh, and dob them in and yeah. it's kind of like you Beautiful. know very staid Victorian England yeah. and they get sacked yeah, whatever. and they live in exile yeah. in the country house you mentioned earlier in the country house yeah mm. they're where lesbians go to live mm. and uh Dalesford. Anyway, <laughs> now you need a now you need a place in New South Wales where they go to live. Uh, you're you're going into somewhere in the Hunter Valley, yeah. Sorry, St Mary's, <laughs> and now you need somewhere in Brisbane where they go to live. I don't know that either. Uh, You'll we, have to help me. West with End, New Farm, no, New Farm West or West End, End, correct? And now we need somewhere in New Zealand, New Zealand. tone for our New Zealand listeners. Dargaville. Yeah. Nice. What did you say? What did you call them? <laughs> no, that's a place, <laughs> not an epithet. <laughs> I saw a amateur production of Julius Caesar oh, where everyone's stabbing Julius Caesar. And you know you have those knives that's the, the yeah. retractable mm. knife. So the guy stabbed Julius Caesar and then let go and so it sprung out <laughs> into the audience. People jumping <laughs> into out of the, the way. audience. Into the audience. Oh, that's off great. the stage. And and now there's nothing. Like two hours no, later, no. people are still thinking about it. So that. this is the last one I'll give you. I, I, we were still at uni, and, a, and the Matrix had come out. So everything right. had to have a Matrix fight scene of in course. it. Of course. I watched it right. recently. I thought it was, well, I've been told it's an amazing movie. I thought it was great. It's a great movie. What, what is amazing about it, though, is um, Keanu Reeves acting at the, quite at the beginning when he's mm. on that window edge. Awful, just awful. But as the movie progresses, he gets better and better. And I mm. thought, is that an actor's choice to be quite shit at the beginning? <laughs> but as this movie goes on and he becomes yeah, right. more of a man and grows, does he become a better actor? Because if it is, it's genius. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it was. No. I just think he learned <laughs> right. to act as it was going. It's like, oh, I get it. But don't you think that's one of those films that it's st- you can identify with him at the beginning? You can identify working yes. in a cubicle, yes. yeah. someone delivering you a phone, yes. saying you have to. I mean, it's a compelling beginning to yeah. a film. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's it. like a Hitchcock movie, a normal person trapped in something. Yeah. That's good. So, People want to escape. Cut he- to Speed Racer. 
<laughs> Jesus. Anyway, we're not here to go nerd. No, we're not. No. Well, we are. We always here okay. to do that. So, while uh, watching Universe, and someone put on Macbeth, but they decided to make all of the fight scenes Matrix fight scenes. Oh. Basically, they wanted to Matrix. Slow mow it. Thank you. Right. And they had a strobe light. They'd, they'd kept the strobe light. I think we bought it. Right. There's a great bit where all it's all kicking off. The last fight and the Macduffs and the Macbeths and everything like that. Jordan Raskopoulos was in this. The good, the great comedian, yes. the older brother of Steen Raskopoulos, right? He was Axis of Awesome. Yes, he was. He was in this with. I, I toured with the, the Australian Shakespeare Company's production of Macbeth. Okay, well that's sleep. Great news. Knits up the raveled sleeve of care. Sore labour's bath, balm of hurt man's great nature's second course. Chief nourisher in life's feast. I'm an awful actor. No, you're not. Not, like, really? not with that. <laughs> now with the Scottish accent, though. See. Chief Nourisher. In life's feast. Ah, so chumpy. You can cut it. amazing. It's like, it's like Macbeth's here. Anyway, so then we were... They had love a, the they, they had a fight scene going on. And the bit in Meatballs 4, Tone, where at the start, where they accidentally smash into the um, girls' Sh- the shower, shower block, block and, and the walls just fall over. Yeah, and everyone's got their norks out. So once. badly constructed, that shower block. It's, they've really got to look into it. But anyway, <laughs> so there's and a girls fo- are always washing each other in those showers. Well, blocks. they would be. Mm. It's cold. So they there's a fight scene going on, yeah. and one of the, they've all got sticks, but because of the strobe light, I don't think they rehearsed it properly because it was quite dark. And I, yep. you could see that some people were actually <laughs> getting hit with sticks <laughs> that wasn't meant to happen. And so now everyone's cottoned onto it and people are at the front of their seats going, this is fantastic. Oh, great. Someone's going to die. And there was one blow from one of the people from Thane or someone else. He spun around with a stick and he tried to do a Keanu Reeves sort of twirl it above his head, then fling it down, but as he flung it down, I think the bloke was meant to jump backwards and do the Keanu dodging the bullets thing. You know that, right? That was meant to be the big finale. Instead, what he did was he did twirly, 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 and as the thing came down, the back of the stick managed to hit this bloke in the face, right? Right. So he screamed out, oh! (laughs) And as he's done that, he's fallen backwards, and the dressing room was off to the side of the stage. (laughs) And he smashed both doors off their hinges right down and revealing, of course, what was going on at that, at that exact moment. Someone's got their finger knuckle deep in their nose or they're having a wag. <laughs> or both. Or both. <laughs> Two birds with one stone. Sadly, no. It was just a guy... Pants around the ankles, pulling up the jodhpers, <laughs> pulling up the jodhpers for the next scene. Oh, ass no. out. Oh. Best Shakespeare ever. Yeah. I've always said that. Best there's, Shakespeare there's ever. Nothing, amateur sword fights in an amateur play. Did you ever have a, have a sword fight? I've seen so many sword fights where you've got two people fighting and both of them looking away because <laughs> they don't want to get hit in the eye with don't a sword. Don't get stuck in the eye. It's such a great look. I'm going to do something we've never done before. That's just the end of part one. Really? We're coming back, and we haven't even touched any of the surfaces, Tone. We'll come back, right. and we'll do a part two. Ed and Moon, uh, Tony Martin here. It's our Makers series, talking about people who make things, mainly amateur theatre. <laughs> JR Man in the middle. We'll be back right after this. Yes, good morning. Are you looking for the best sheeped up in town? Well, then get Mick sheeped up. Hell, dump your sheep good, won't it? Don't believe me? Ask Dave Dobbin. Yeah, that's right. It's the best sheep dip I've ever seen, eh? Well, if you don't believe him, ask Dane Thierry Takanoa. Yeah, I think it's really good. Really good sheeped up. I dip my sheep before I'm off to do an opera at the uh, VNR Playhouse, eh? That's Mick sheeped up. Dip your sheep in style.